0: I love you. Um, some some uh, have been on a fast as we are in forty days of transformation. Um, and I, people, what are we going to do today? How are we going to do this? It's Super Bowl. We have to eat. It's just not. It's not American to not eat on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, please enjoy, as Kevin said, have fun with your uh, friends and family and relatives. Some have been on a Daniel fast for twenty-one days. Um, Some of you continue to fast and give up something, and I encourage you to continue to do that as we are corporately and collectively on a mission, and we're on it together. And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit more about that mission and being together and what that looks like. So take your Bibles and open up to Second Chronicles, if you don't mind. Second Chronicles chapter 15, and we're going to... uh, we actually today is a busy day we also have new partners fellowship afterwards Um, if you're here and you're new to center point and you're uh, not signed up for the luncheon we have a light luncheon the first sunday of every month uh, for people who are really looking to make this their home Uh, maybe you've been here two or three weeks and you say you know i really want to connect in that church maybe this is your first week and you say really i want to get to know people Um, connecting is really critical we just talked about that in our uh, new partners class that i had earlier this morning Uh, there's a lot going on here and again if you get on our website you'll find out a lot of this information but today right after church if you're signed up and you're you're prepared for it, it's in the team center on your way out the door on your right Uh, maybe you're here and you're not signed up for that Um, i'll invite you to stay anyway god always multiplies the food and somehow we have enough so uh, if you weren't signed up and you'd like to stay, this is for people who are new here looking to connect uh, and to make a few um, relationships with some of our staff and board members and leaders of the church. We'd love for you to, to stay and check that out um, today after service. But I want to talk to you for a few minutes on how to experience a spiritual renewal in your life. And that's why this uh, 40 Days of Transformation, that's why we're doing this. It's about personal spiritual renewal or revival. And it's it's essential that you and I understand the times that we're living in. In First Chronicles, uh, the sons of Issachar uh, were told that they understood the times and they knew what to do. Understand the times and know what to do. A lot of us can look around our world today and say, man, it's a mess, it's broken. We hear some statistics like we just heard and we say, wow, yeah, times are really bad. But a lot of people don't know what to do about that. And so today, I hope that we can help give you some, some principles on not only knowing and understanding the, the, the condition of the world that you live in, and the condition of your own heart, and your own spiritual condition, but knowing what to do about it. And I think more than ever, we need uh, God's sons and daughters to, to arise up and to bring God's strategy and solution... To bring hope into the world. It's broken, it's messed up. And we're living in perilous times and we've got to understand that we're in a battle constantly, right? And there's an urgency of the hour. This 40 days of transformation that we're in as a church is you you go on our website and you have a block every day. A little challenge, a simple short devotional on some things that you can do. Because we're living in an urgent hour. And you have to acknowledge that and recognize that. You can't just kind of turn a blind eye and pretend it's not going on. Hello? And now that's not just what's going on out there in the world. It's right here in you and in me. And am I growing spiritually? There's got to be a greater passion in our hearts to know Him more. And this doesn't mean go to church more, go to more church programs. There's got to be a desire and a passion in your heart that you want to know Him more. Not know about Him, and not just study the books, but we've got to have more of Him. And the reality is that God desires all of you. And He's calling for a revolution of our hearts. And it's a call to everybody in this room. It's a call to young and to old alike. One of the things I love about our church is we're multi-generational, We're not just a young church. We're not an old church. We're an everything-in-between church. You're young and old and everything in between, right? And so this is a call to everybody, house moms, stay-at-home moms, working dads, career people, college students, mill workers, anybody, anybody who's got a heart that is attuned to God, and God is calling you and I to a spirit-filled lifestyle, receiving more of Him that will actually transform us because we become consumed by God. Not status, superficial, religiosity, Christendom, going through the motions nonsense. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm tired of it and I hope you are. But there's a lot of people in churches in America today that are checking off the box, did it, done that, got the t-shirt, put in my time. And if you're here at Centerpoint, we've been stressing this for, for months now, we believe that God is calling us to a deeper walk with Him that will change the course of human events. Like we just talked, human trafficking. You and I can do something about that. It's a call to people who, when, when you're breathed upon by God, you become like a, a Gideon of great consequence. Like a Gideon in the, in the Bible. It's a desperate time and season in our world, and we've got to see, we have absolutely must see The supernatural power of God unleashed in the world to bring a radical change. But it begins in you and it begins in me. And so many times, like last week, we want to point our finger at the other guy or the other gal and say, well, if only they would. But change starts in me. Change starts in you. So I want to speak to you about a king who understood the times and he discovered that there was power in cooperating with God. God used Asa and he lived a spirit-filled life and Asa helped to lead a spiritual revolution and really it impacted his world for the cause of Christ. In fact, we talk about it today uh, many thousands of years later and, and see that Asa transformed humanity. Asa also had some difficulty in finishing well. You ever start something like a diet or a fast and maybe not finish well? Start strong! It's hard to finish strong. There's a lot of strong starters in the world, right? Get up to the finish line and man, I'm ready to go. And then life happens and then distractions happen and then this and then that. But we can learn a lot from Asa how to cooperate with God and how to experience personal spiritual renewal uh kind of going to give you a little quick background here in first second chronicles chapter 15 verse 1 through 9 it's our text today um cooperating with god in in second chronicles 15 it introduces something that every christian should love and that's revival it's a picture of how god speaks and how we can respond it's a revelation of how we can align ourselves with the purposes of God and it's instruction for every single one of you here today. It's an instruction manual on how could, how you can receive and how you can walk in a spiritual uh, personal renewal. It begins in, in chapter 14 during the reign of King Asa and he's one of five kings whom God used to bring revival to Judah. There were five were for really were really bad there were 10 that were okay and there were five were outstanding but the five outstanding kings were jehoshaphat uh joash hezekiah josiah and asa and during the reign of each of these five kings there was a period of of spiritual um reformation there were five great awakenings and man if america ever need an awakening it's now um So five awakenings, which Asa was the first to be saved. And the question many people have is, well, why did God use Asa? Was it because he was perfect? Are there any perfect people that walk on the earth today? The answer is no. Um, But it was because Asa was praying. And this is really what our 40 days has been about. About getting you into the face of God, spending time with God... 1 Chronicles chapter 14, this is just before we get to our text. This is what it says in verse 11. And Asa cried unto the Lord, his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rely on you and your name. We have come against this great multitude. Have you ever felt like you were, everything was against you? Asa understands that. O Lord, you are our God. Let no man prevail against you. So God responded to Asa's prayers. And in chapter 14, verse 9, God gave Asa a great victory over the Egyptians, and He went on to enable Asa to recapture and to rebuild the border cities. And even though God, God's people were regularly outnumbered, I want you to get this. Again, we're setting the, the table here. God answered prayers and God intervened. Think about in your life how often you feel the odds are against you. Ever feel that way? Only two of you, huh? <laughs> Have you ever felt like at work and family, at home and job? Thank you. OK. We, we feel like sometimes the odds are stacked against us. And there was a mentor of mine that once said, if, if, God's on your, "If God's on I'm sorry, if you're on God's side and He's on yours, it doesn't matter who's on the other side. If God's on your side and He's on yours, it doesn't matter who's on the other. So on the heels of this great victory. God comes along in chapter 15, and this is what he's saying to Asa. There's still more. There's still more. Maybe you're here today and you've been serving the Lord for a long, 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 long time. Or maybe you're here and you're brand new to this whole Christendom or followership or or being a disciple of Jesus. There's more. In other words, he's saying, listen, don't rest on your laurels, Judah. Don't, Don't settle on your past. Don't get caught unaware. Don't forget your personal life. Right? Don't just go to church and go through the motions of being a Christian, but neglect. Right? Do inventory, neglect your own personal life. Don't neglect tomorrow because you feel good today. So there's still a lot of ground on the journey. And we are on a journey. And I hope that you know that God's still got more to do in you and in me. And many of you still want to do more, right? You want to do more. You want God to do more. So I hope that that you're not ready to quit and give in to the opposition of the enemy. And if you're not today, you might feel like it tomorrow, but we're not going to give in. And and, and we're going to get some instruction. And you want to see God do more in your life. So I hope you're not satisfied to maintain. And that's where we're at as a church. So if you're in pursuit of God, listen, pay attention. Here's the process, all right? This is a blueprint. You ready? Ready? Jot notes if you're putting notes down in the the back of your bulletin. If you want, you can do that. Here are four dynamics to spiritual change. And I'm going to go through these as quickly as I can. It'll be before Super Bowl starts. Um, 640, I think, is kickoff. No, we'll we'll get done. Earlier than that. Number one is faith. Faith to reach out in prayer. But I want you to notice in these first few verses, in fact, in verse 1... Who takes the initiative to personal reformation? And my first response would always be, oh, well, I have to. Well, listen, this is what it says in verse 1. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. It was the Lord's doing that initiated the personal transformation. It's the Lord knocking on your heart. It's the Lord saying to you, aren't you sick and tired of just going through the motions? Aren't you sick and tired of just going to church? Don't you want more? See, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is tugging at you, and that's what happened here. It was the Lord saying, there's a personal transformation, but we've got to cooperate. Everybody say the word cooperate. Cooperate. My wife hates it when I make you repeat things like that. I'm sorry, honey. But we've got to cooperate with god and we've got to reach out in prayer god had a message for azariah to give to asa and asa received the message from god through azariah in verse 2 this is this is what he said in verse 2 take a look at it the lord is with you while you are with him and if you seek him if you seek him what he will be found by you you know what that speaks about desire and many people are like, well, you know, I like God in my life, but I got, you know, I had a lot to do. If He would just show up, man, zap and lightning bolt, fix this situation, take care of that, and and just be alive in my life, then it, I'll be good and well. But there's there's no there's no pursuing of God. And if you have this casual, apathetic, half-hearted desire to know God, then that's exactly what you're going to get in your Christian faith: half-hearted, apathetic. I won't use a word that I could use. My mom used to say, but halfway. Sorry, mom. Um, You know what I'm talking about. It speaks of three texts. Look, look, look here on the scripture. I'm going to give you three texts real quick. Deuteronomy 4.29. If you seek the Lord, you will find him. If you seek him with what? All of your heart. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Oftentimes you feel the Holy Spirit tugging and nudging and prompting you. You've got to respond. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. Listen, if I told you right now that there was $2,000 hidden in this room in cash and it's all over the room. And it's, some of it's taped under the chair. Some of it might be up here. It might be in the piano. It might be in the light fixture over there on the table. And whatever you find is yours. Now, some of you would probably be a little bit more aggressive than others. But I, if I was you, I'd be knocking people out of the way. I'd be throwing chairs. I'd be finding that money because I want to find it. Right? I actually did that experiment with a group of teenagers. It was only like $200, but I wouldn't recommend it. There was blood. There was pain. It wasn't, it wasn't good. But that's the fun of being a youth pastor. You get to do those things, right? But that is, there was a passion and a desire to find that money. Very few of us seek after God with that type of passion, don't we? Do we? Understand here that God has given a prophetic word through Azariah that seeking the Lord is not an end in and of itself but a God-given means to a renewal in our relationship with Him. In other words, we don't trust in our praying. Understand this. We pray to put our trust in the one to whom we're praying. In prayer, it aligns our heart with the heart of God. Do you understand that? It's not just, it's not just, oh, we trust in the prayer. It's praying so that we put our trust in God. We have a reminder to keep seeking Him. <clears throat> in verse 7, it says, For your work shall be what? So the first dynamic of spiritual change is faith. To reach out to God in prayer. The second dynamic of spiritual change or transformation is repentance. This is a fun word that we don't like to talk about in the church uh, because repentance really means change. Uh, repentance, to remove every idol. What happens when a person genuinely seeks the Lord? If a person genuinely is seeking God, they will remove every questionable idol in their life. And sometimes those idols are television, sometimes they're other people, uh, sometimes they're food. It's anything that that takes priority or uh, precedence over God in your life. Verse 8, And when Asa heard these words, notice what he did. He took courage... He took courage, and he put away the abominable idols out of all the land, and he renewed the altar of the Lord. So how did Asa cooperate with God here? Excuse me. Three things that prepare us for what God wants to do. Three things that that position us, if you will, so God can work at us. And the first thing that we see here in verse 8 is there was courage. When Asa heard these words, he took courage. Courage, in other words, Asa believed that God rewards the seeker. Asa believed that God would respond to him, and so he took courage or he he perked up a little bit, if you will, with faith that God would honor a heart that was truly seeking after him. God knows your heart. He knows what you can make things look like on the outside, too, when we come into church. Well, hey, I did my church time. Look at me. I'm so spiritual and holier than thou, and I even got there early. So, ha, pastor, there you go. You know, so what? God knows your heart, right? Do you have the courage to take God at his word? And do you believe that God will honor you if you truly seek him? Now... Let me back up here because there's a lot of people in this room that might be saying, you know, pastor, I tried that before. <clears throat> that was a really hard time in my life and I really made God a priority and I started pursuing Him and going after God and, and I tried the whole God thing, you know, like, like all in and it didn't work out for me. And what they're really saying is things didn't get better in my life, right? Right? And maybe that's you. Things didn't change. Circumstances didn't change. They didn't get better. So I'm all done with that. I'll still be a Christian and I'll go to heaven. But as far as being all in and taking the courage to really believe and jump in all feet, I'm all done with that because I tried that and it didn't work out. And maybe that's you today. And I want to challenge your way of thinking with some of these principles that we're learning today to take courage and to really believe That God does love you. That God does have a plan for you. That God does care for you. And that the reality is you still live in a fallen, broken world and bad things still happen to good people. And it stinks. And I don't like it. But it's the world that we live in today. It's a fallen and broken world. Do I have faith to believe that God will get me through, that he'll never leave me or forsake me, that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, that when the enemy comes in, that he's going to be there for me? Again, doesn't mean I'm not going to face hardship and loss and pain and hurt and death and all those tragedies that this world has to offer to us. There was courage and there was repentance. Let's look into this. And and, and again, Asa, verse 8, Asa took courage and he did what? He put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin. What's the essence of true spirituality? The essence of true spirituality summed up in the word called change. Change. The fruit of truly seeking after God is repentance. What did Asa do? He prepared his heart to be God's home. He didn't say... Well, I'm sorry, and then go on his merry way without changing. Oh, I blew it. I'm just back to business as normal. He was just flat out honest about removing the things that needed to be removed. Listen, there's some junk in your life that you need to get rid of. There's some patterns and some habits and some things that you're doing and ways that you're leaving a living that you need to deal with. Well, I don't know about that because, uh, you know, I, it's hard to change. You're doggone straight, it's hard to change. True spirituality is evidenced by change. All right, now some of you just tuned me out. I still love you, um, but let's just face the reality of this is... In other words, Asa addressed everything that needed addressing. He practiced what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Each man must work out. The word work out is a farming term and it actually means to clear away the ground and to remove the rocks so you can produce a good harvest. Get the mess out of the way. And so many of us are trying to make progress in our Christian life. You know, we're, we're trudging forward as hard as we can, but we're still tied to the world in all kinds of questionable areas. Uh, I, I gave an illustration when I spoke to the teenagers a few weeks ago uh, called Tied to the Dock. We're in our boat, we're we're paddling along as hard as we can, and we're wondering why we're not making progress. Well, we look back and we realize, well, we're still anchored to the dock. You're not gonna go very far, right? But some of us are doing that in our Christian walk. We're trying so hard, but we're still we're still holding on to some things that we don't want to let go to because we like them and they're comfortable and they're hard to get rid of. Next thing there was devotion. There was devotion. Um there was Courage, remove every idol of the heart, remove the altar of the Lord. Uh, there, that was uh, before the porch. And after 60 years of service, the altar needed to be repaired here. It needed physical repair. It needed a, a spiritual reconsecration, if you will. Uh, there was outward work. There was inward work. There was a f- reflection of a true heart of devotion. Uh, and then the next thing we see here, the third point is the renewal of the personal altars. Renewal of the personal altars. Asa, in verse 9, Asa gathers everyone together and they all gather at Jerusalem in verse 10. Then in verse 11, they begin to offer their offerings. And in verse 12, they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord with all of their heart and soul. Now, this is important for us to get corporately. I want you to understand this. If you call Center Point your home church... Please get this, because this is important. There's something critical and essential about this corporate togetherness. Asa gathered a multitude from the tribes of Simeon, Ephraim, and Manasseh. They all came together. And there was a corporate rallying of the church. It's time to come together. There was a covenant that was made, which is a binding promise to serve the Lord alone. What am I saying about our church is that the more all of us get on the same boat and say, God, we are going after you, regardless of the cost or consequences, that begins to get, uh, Kevin talked about uh, giving being contagious. That is contagious as well. He talked about that, I think, last week, maybe. But that is contagious as well. As we begin to set the, 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 the tenor and the atmosphere and the tone of this church is that, listen, when I come into worship... I don't care if it's good or bad or Sean picks a song I like or don't like. When I come in, I am coming in to worship God because He's worthy of my praise. I don't care if the... Amen? Because He's worthy. And and something happens in the atmosphere... When you and I can say, hey, I have had a lousy week, it's been a hard thing, I just got in a fight with my spouse on the way out the door, but you know what, I'm here in his house today and I'm going to worship him because he's worthy to receive all of my praise and worship, that does something in the atmosphere, does something in the heavenlies and when we all are saying, hey, we're going after God together, I might be on my road and you're on your road and we're all on a different lane, if you will, but we're all going the same direction, right? There was a covenant which was made. There was a pure resolve to leave where they were and to go where they could enjoy worship of God unhindered. In verse 11, it says there was the offering of true sacrifice. In verse 12, there was the resolve to not leave any stone unturned. This is where we help and we hold each other accountable and we talk about it in small groups or Bible studies or a men's or women's gathering, whatever it is. Listen, we're not gonna leave anything unturned. Why? Because we love God enough to say, hey, let's expose all the mess, the nonsense and let's just go after God. Let's put aside the nonsense, the the rocks that are in the way and move towards genuine change, which is evidenced by, hey, we really want God. Well, then guess what? We need to change. (laughs) Change is hard, pastor. I'm a New Englander. I'm a manna. I don't like change. listen, that's not just in New England. Lisa and I have been all over the place. It, pe- people don't like change, but change is inevitable. Is it good or bad? The fourth thing and I'm promise I'm, I'm bringing the plane in for landing. I'm watching the clock. You know what that means, right? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> the fourth thing is reward. Verse 15, and all Judah rejoiced at the oath for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire and he was found of them and the Lord gave them rest round about. How did God honor those who prayed and obeyed? What did God do? We see th- three things right here in this verse. There was... Rejoicing, the reward of a clear conscience, right? That's the joy of the Lord right there, clear conscience. There was a revelation. God revealed himself, it says, he revealed himself to those who sought him, right? He was found. That's a revelation. He revealed himself. Another uh, great teacher of the Word says, if we honor God with our time, God will honor us with His voice. Or we'll get to know Him better is what that's saying. We'll get to understand and get to know God if we'll honor Him with our time. And then the third thing, there was rest roundabout. The Lord took care of all their worries when the people put the Lord in the first place that He deserved to be put in, right? So... In closing this morning, what's the blueprint for personal revival or spiritual revolution in your hearts? It's not overly complicated. Asa helped point these things out years ago. Um, But it's important that we not just know them here, but we receive them here. And then that translates into behavior, (laughs) action. Uh, It's not enough just to be a hearer of the Word. We've got to be a doer, right? Receive the word, receive the word. It was a prophetic invitation, and Asa was receptive to the message. It started with that, I'm receiving the word and receiving the message in my heart here, Lord. Next thing is repentance. Remove everything questionable in your life. Well, that's awful hard to do. That doesn't just happen overnight. No, it it doesn't. It doesn't happen overnight. But one step at a time, you can begin to say, Lord, and here's the amazing thing about the way the Holy Spirit works. I believe He's a a gentleman. He's not going to overwhelm you with, you know, the list of 139 things that you need to change in your life and get rid of. Um, Little by little, as you move towards God and God reveals things to you and says, hey, this stuff that you're watching is not okay. These places that you're hanging out with, or this people that you're, whatever it is. Asa got radical with sin. And he said, I'm not going to allow these things to be in my life anymore. Um, and sin is, is one of those things that um, we all are going to wrestle with. There's not one of us who with, is without some of those struggles, right? Whatever it might be for you or the other. We all have that because that's our nature. But we've got to get serious about dealing with it. Well, it's just who I am. And just, that's, that's not okay. <laughs> that's not change. It's not okay for you to say, well, yeah, I got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But God understands. Come on now. Yeah. Right? We justify those things. Whatever it might be. Maybe it's how you treat your spouse. It's not godly. It's not honoring to God. You honor God by honoring your spouse, by honoring your wife, husbands. Right? All the women said amen to that one, but we'll move on to the next two. (laughs) Renew our personal altar. What does that mean? Asa really committed himself to absolute obedience. He he renewed the altar in his life, and um, I think it was in our... I think Shan said this in our class this morning. She said, you know, God honors our obedience, even when we don't like it, right? None of my five children, you know, when I said, you will obey, they were like, oh, thank you, Daddy. I just long to obey. (laughs) It's their nature to not want to obey, right? And so is it our human nature to not want to obey. But God honors obedience. And then, you know, you want to have the peace of God that passes understanding, you want to find rest in Christ. You find that as you rest beyond description, as, as Asa enjoyed the consequence and the reward of a clear conscience before the Lord. Being able to say, you know what, Lord, at the end of the day, put your head on the pillow and say, I've done the very best I can today, Lord, to honor you, to obey you, to live for you, to honor others, to love you and to love others. And then you find peace of God that surpasses understanding. That's a blueprint for spiritual renewal. It does, it's not rocket science, is it? It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. It's, it's not easy. Did I say it was going to be easy? No. Did he say it was going to be easy? No. But these are some principles that you can put into place if you truly want spiritual renewal in your heart. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? There's a lot of people that say they want renewal and they want revival. They want to grow closer to God. A lot of people say they want it. Lip service. Showing you want spiritual renewal and, and revival in your heart is something that is evidenced by your actions, by your behavior, by mine. And, and the reality is um, you can't do it on your own. And this is why, again, we talked about in our, uh, in our class this morning that uh, we need each other. Maybe some of you will get together with friends here in the building this morning and you'll get together for the Super Bowl. And have some fun and some fellowship. And that's all wonderful. But you know what? What's, what's more important than that is the, connecti- the connectivity with brothers and sisters in Christ who are on the same road that you are. And yeah, you can have fellowship and socialize, do all kinds of fun things together. But you know, at the core of our relationship needs to be, hey, we need to help each other and bear each other's burdens and help each other along this journey of knowing Jesus more intimately. Spur one another on. Edify and encourage one another. These are all things the Bible tells us and teaches us that we as a church should be doing. And we, when we do it together, when there's corporate unity in that togetherness, this is where we're going, it changes the atmosphere, it changes people, which changes communities, which changes cities, and which changes our world. Jesus is coming soon, and I think we need to get ready. And I want to bring as many people along as we can. Uh, and that's not a like a... It's just, I'm not prophesying that. I, I do believe we're living in, in end times and that Jesus is going to be coming back soon. Uh, and I want to have a heart that's ready. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite uh, Kevin. Would you mind Kevin coming? And uh, since we didn't know what we're doing later, we'll just go ahead and announce earlier. We'll just figure it all out there's a microphone right there um i hope to see you all next week as we continue on this 40 days of transformation um and those who are new partners that are going to be joining us I look forward to seeing you there but uh kevin wood would you come and close our time out in prayer this morning thank you so much
1: god bless you well thank you for that encouraging message this morning pastor craig and uh, just thank you that uh Um, for second chances to come up and close out better than the first time (laughs) let's just pray God I just thank you uh, for this morning Lord we God we thank you for the time this morning that we had with you we thank you for the worship we thank you for that time that was just so powerful this morning for communion God for the time of us getting together and remembering remembering the broken body the shed blood and what that means for each one of us looking back To the cross looking back to that time when you set things right when you gave us the opportunity to have a relationship with you once again restored god we just thank you for that as well for the time of fellowship and offerings and tithes god and the time of your word this morning god we just thank you for all of it thank you for the the story of asa and just his obedience and his turning to you and the lessons there, Lord, I pray that this week we would remember those, we would discuss them in our life groups, we would individually uh, reflect on the principles and the truth spoken this morning in your word. God, I thank you. God, I ask you to bless each person here. I pray that you continue to grow and challenge and stretch each one of us through this 40 days of transformation. Whatever that looks like individually, it looks different for each one of us. God, maybe we're fasting maybe we're not but maybe God we're just each one of us drawing and growing closer and closer to you seeking you Lord God I pray that you just meet each person where they're at no matter how long they've been following you maybe it's been decades God maybe it's only been a day God may you meet each one of your people may you encourage us as a church body to unite around the common purpose of knowing and understanding Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and for just taking all that we know, God, all that you give to us, all the blessings that you give us, all your provision in our lives, and for this church as well as a body that we reach out to our community, we reach out to the broken people, the lost people around us in so, so many ways, through women's events, through men's events, through youth events, through us opening the doors here at this church, God, Thank you for blessing us so abundantly, giving us tremendous opportunities to serve you and to serve others and to serve each other as well. God, I thank you for who you are. I pray you bless each person this morning. Pray you just bless this day and the rest of their week. We ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great, great Super Bowl Sunday and a great week. Go Chiefs.